You're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a powerful conversation on what it takes to become enough and stay enough as we strive toward our potential. I'm your host, Enoughness Coach and Women's Leadership Mentor, Megan Hale. Join me every Monday and Thursday as I talk to some of the top voices on what it takes to live true, live brave, and become our biggest champion along the way. It's time to revolutionize the way you live, love, work, and dream. This is the Enoughness Revolution. Hello, hello, everyone. Today is such a special day for me because I'm interviewing one of my mentors and I cannot wait to share her genius with you. But before I introduce you to her, I just want to remind everyone that the Fierce Women Masterclass is starting its first co-creator guest expert week and it's accompanying Facebook group. So if you are new to the Anonymous Revolution, the Fierce Women Masterclass is a co-creation between me and seven other phenomenal women to help you step up into your leadership, create success on your own terms, with a sense of ease that totally feeds your soul because that's what it's all about anyway. (laughs) And this is what helps us create sustainability in our businesses and our lives. So if you want to find out more, go to fiercewomenmasterclass.com. Shirley Joy Weiss, one of our spiritual leadership experts, is going to be leading us through some extra assignments this week in our accompanying Facebook group. So you definitely don't want to miss that. So today I am interviewing Amber McHugh, who is one of my favorite people. She helped me out so much in my business last year. I cannot thank her enough. She's a business operations expert who studied organization development in John Hopkins MBA program and is the founder of Nice Ops, a modern business management and operations consultancy based out of Annapolis, Maryland. Amber is a creator of several noteworthy programs and courses for busy and first-time business owners, including her signature How to Clone Yourself, which accomplishes exactly as it sounds, Sanshi, <laughs> the long-term hands-on program freshly implemented, which was a program that I did last year, where she acts as an outsourced COO for struggling small business owners, and her latest and greatest development, CEO School, a brand new way for smart business owners to stop letting their business run the show and start running the show for themselves instead. You can take her free CEO mindset quiz. There's a link in the show notes. So definitely go and check that out. Amber is brilliant. She I mean, I just really cannot say enough positive things about her. She's got the CEO mindset thing just locked down, and she's so incredibly helpful at brainstorming solutions to your business. If you are a new business owner and you're just trying to get your feet underneath you, I highly recommend going and mentoring with her because she knows her stuff. So I'm so excited to share her wisdom with you. Without further ado, here is Amber McHugh. Welcome back to the Enoughness Revolution, everybody. I am so excited to introduce you to someone who's been a really big mentor to me. I am introducing you to Amber McHugh today, who is like the brain genius behind Freshly Implemented and Clone Camp, among many other things that she has her hands in. And Amber, I am so excited that you are here. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for that sweet intro. Oh, you're so welcome. You were like a big piece of the pie when I was getting ready to figure out like, what am I doing in my business last year? And I want to make sure everybody knows how brilliant you are at what you do. So thank you. Yes. That means a lot. I got goosebumps head to toe. Man. That's nice. 
Yes. Well, I'm glad. So, you know, this podcast episode is going to take a little bit of a different turn for all of the listeners. You know that we talk a lot about the who of who we need to be, who, you know, our dreams need us to be in order to bring them into reality. But what we haven't really talked about is what happens after that. So what happens when we cultivate the who is we really start to leverage who we are to turn it into the how of how we bring all of this stuff to life. And Amber, her her zone of genius is really how we do that. <laughs> um, all of her programs are really tailored to, to the how by integrating the who. So girl, we're about to have an awesome conversation. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I was just telling you a little, I'll give them a little pre-show scoop that I am working with a coach right now myself on making sure I really love the how. Like I'm committed to making sure the how stays a part of everything I do because that's where it comes to life. It comes to life in the day by day, the minute by minute, when we're actually living out the who we want to be. Mm -hmm. The who is so important as well. Like who are we? And I really have to also think about you know, who am I when I am at my greatest? Yeah. So the work that you do, like it's a perfect compliment mm-hmm. to, right? And, and that's a great place to, to start because you always need to find those people who can compliment where, where are we strong? And, you know, we talk about clone camp and how to clone yourself, but you really like when we're looking for people to work with us in our business, look for those people who can offset and are really complimentary to your skill set. Absolutely. Not exact clones. Not exact clones. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But you know, I kind of want to start with your own story with, because you've had to do the who work to really step into the how. Mm -hmm. And so through your own journey, like what were some of the steps that you did to really find your strengths as a leader? Find your zone of genius. Oh man, that is a good question. And you know, I'd say I'm still doing the who work. I don't know that for me that that will ever stop. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I'm constantly growing I'm constantly reevaluating where, where I'm going with my life. Am I on track? Am I, am I not on track? Am I operating in alignment with who I want to be and who I say I am? Um, so it's constant refinement. And then, you know, life stuff comes up and life stuff happens. So there's always resetting. And sometimes I'm like, oh, this is not who I am or who I want to be. Right. And my husband and I even have conversations like that. Like, whoa, we are way off track right now. Like, bring it back. <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> You know, I'd say that having strong partners and surrounding myself with people who support me becoming, wanting to be who I am and wanting to be a leader and really live in authentic, as an authentic person and in alignment is really important. Um, The other thing is really, for me, it's stepping into action, right? Because when I step into action, it brings clarity, it brings confidence, So whenever I'm feeling a little bit out of sorts or feeling like there's something I don't know, I, I step into action and and that might not be something like, Oh, it's not frantic action. It's not, Oh, I have to go do something, but it could even be one of the first things that I started doing when I knew that I wasn't going down the right path, right at, at work, for example, like my career, I'm like, okay, this isn't quite right. I even just started changing the route I took to work. Hmm. I started just to break up the patterns that I was taking in my life in all sorts of areas. I picked up a camera again. So I had a creative outlet and that just brought new opportunities 
into play for me that wouldn't have otherwise happened, right? Because I was just going, yeah. going through the motions. So I try to break those patterns so I can see things in a different way. No, I love that. And I actually was just writing about this. Uh, the Fierce Feminine Masterclass is out now for everyone who's listening, which is an amazing leadership course. But I talk about cultivating clarity and conviction. And part of gaining clarity, we often think like we have to think it through or feel it through. Yeah. But it's actually by doing stuff, <laughs> like just taking action, that more clarity comes because that's when we get more information. Yeah. We can kind of say, is, okay, does this feel good? Does this not feel good? Or simply by taking action, a new idea will come because you're changing up the, the ritual, right? It's so true. And it's my go-to. Like I'm very much a go, be in action type of person. So I think it's so important to pause and reflect after yes. you take action and ask those questions that you just put forth. Like, how did that feel? Mm -hmm. Was my energy drained? Am I in alignment? Um, and discovering new things. What did I discover? So pausing to reflect as well. But yeah, if your go-to is to like always step back and reflect, put yourself in that space of discomfort. And I even think that it's so important to like practice being uncomfortable and practice yes. being into fear because as growing business owners, right, and going to do new things, we are going to be uncomfortable. So I like to practice it in safe spaces. Yes. <laughs> like, be safe about this. Calculated risk. Calculated fear. <laughs> oh, I totally love that. And I think there's, there's so much power to be gained from that, from going into the discomfort. Because, you know, when we're growing, we're always expanding into something that we don't know. It's, it's new. It's fresh. It's unknown. Yeah. And for most of us, it's really uncomfortable. But the more we step into it, the more comfortable we become in the uncomfortable. And then we become like this unstoppable force of like, I'll take risks. Yeah, let's do this. I'd like to think so. I <laughs> 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 love it. I'm so practice. With, with your own journey, there must have come a time when you were like, you know, these are some of my strengths. Mm -hmm. How am I going to translate these into a business? Yeah, that's interesting because it can be a little bit tricky, right? Because often the strengths that people would personally play back to me weren't necessarily a skill. Like it wasn't, oh, you're really great in Excel or <laughs> you're really great at right whatever it is. Um, and those are the things that I would always turn to like, man, if I just knew how to design websites, right, it would be much easier. But it was things like you're really approachable. You're really fun. Like, I, I like sitting down and talking to you. So I think that whether you have a skill, right, and we've all got skills, as well as these other less tangible things or the soft skills, um, whatever people are telling you over and over again, and how can you marry those things to, right, do what you love, and also, if you're creating a business, follow the money as well. Um, so what are you hearing again and again? And, and even, like, that approachable thing, People have told me basically all of my life, like starting my career early on, um, and then again, right, starting my business, all these places, and I still don't always believe it. And I still think like, okay, how do I use that in my business? How, and I still, I don't think I've mastered it yet. And even my mentors call me out on it. They're like, this is your strength. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> but it's harder to see it for of yourself. Course. 
which is why it's so important to have partners, to have mentors, coaches, guides, consultants, right? And clients even call you out on your stuff and to be open to receiving that feedback. Oh yeah, for sure. I often tell like my clients, it's almost like when we're trying to look at ourselves, like we have our hands right in front of our face and it's so close. Like we can't see all the details. It takes like gaining that objectivity, that perspective that is so easy for other people who are looking at us and reflecting to us. And still sometimes we're like, I really just don't see it. I mean, yeah, I <laughs> said things, I literally said things that I thought, Oh, that's not a good idea. And someone has replayed the exact words back to me. I'm like, that's genius. I'm like, that's what you said, isn't it? Like, it sounded so good when you said it. <laughs> oh, that's so great. So, so you take these strengths, these attributes. And I think, I mean, from what I've witnessed just from watching you is really infusing yourself into your business and not necessarily knowing how you're going to leverage every single piece of yourself. But I think just giving yourself the opportunity to, to bring all of you into your business and, and letting your, it all kind of reflect back to you in a way. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, the other thing I like to do is I do like to identify very tangible ways that, okay, if I'm going to be approachable, what does that look like in my business? Or if I, if a core value of mine, and I, I often talk about these as values, and if you haven't read or looked at any of the work by the people at Delivering Happiness yet, Jen Lim and Tony Shea from Zappos, um, great work around this, but we've got, you know, core set of values. And for me, um, that, that's fun, that's approachability, that's getting results. For myself and for my clients, for sure, um, connection and intimacy. But if these are some of my core values, what does that actually look like when I'm doing business with people, when I'm showing up in the world? And I think that if you can translate those values and those beliefs that you have into behaviors, mm. that's when the rubber meets the road. So I am approachable. What does that mean? And for me, like something very specific is related to boundaries. When I was starting my business, you need boundaries. I heard it everywhere. You've got to have boundaries. You know, don't talk after this time. Don't let people cancel on you. I'm like, it felt so out of alignment for me. I would hear it and I would get a little uncomfortable even thinking through it now. My stomach, you know, feels a little uneasy. And it was, it felt uncomfortable because it was totally out of alignment for me. I don't care if someone cancels on me. Yeah. I'll go back to doing my thing. <laughs> Something came up for you in your life. No problem. Like that's part of my, that's what approachable is. That's part of what approachable means to me. That's part of what the fun and the intimacy and the connection, um, because I know life is going to happen. I know something's going to come up and I also know that something's going to come up for me someday. And I want people to give me the same, um, the same kindness or extend that same flexibility to me. So that is one example of how I know that I shifted how I was behaving in my business to represent a value of mine. I totally agree. And I would even say having done your program or freshly implemented at least, I see approachability. I mean, it's so clear to me. That was actually one of the first things that I picked up on about you because we were messaging. You had just launched um, the Planathon, which has a lot of energy going on. And I reached out to you and I'm like, I'm sure she's going to be way too busy to even respond back. And like you responded back and we had like this full blown conversation. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this girl is like so approachable. But then it didn't even stop there. Oh my gosh. Once I was in the program, we had TLCs 
yeah. which basically was like a lifeline to you. So another way of being able to approach you, I had access to a phone number. If I wanted to text you, you were also there for me to approach you that way. I'm like, this girl is like super approachable. So I think that when you're really clear on that value, it does start to show up in so many different ways. And it, it really resonates with the people you're trying to connect with. Like the, I really felt that value from you right from the start. That is amazing. It means so much. And, you know, I think that we create a lot of stories and you really have to separate, right? And this comes back to your who. Who am I versus who are people telling me I should be yes. in my business, in my life, in how I show up, um, right? That boundaries thing is a core thing. Like, no, you have to only have coaching calls at scheduled times. Why? And I think when you can challenge these things, you will differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. That's a core, and, and we have unlimited back pocket TLCs, right? So it's schedule anytime, text me anytime. Nobody in three years has taken advantage of that. Nobody. Mm -hmm. Like, so there are things say, oh, people, you know, will use you. No, like you can create boundaries and structures in other ways and you can command, that's not the right word. You can, um, you know, have this reciprocal, that's better. You can have this reciprocal respect from people, right? And just if, if you let people know what you stand for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the reasons that that functions so well for all of us is because there was like, there was a, a culture, a culture that was created in our own group of, it really made you step into your own CEO mindset. And so before reaching out to you for a TLC or even a text message, I'm thinking of like, okay, so if I'm in CEO mode right now, what are some of the solutions I can generate before I reach out for somebody else? So it's asking me to look within before I reach outside of myself, right? Which is a whole nother piece of like the whole program anyway. That is so funny because so many times people will book a back pocket TLC and I'm like, yeah, book it. If you've got a launch coming up and you want to book it a couple months in advance and somebody put it in the other day, like I I've got a launch, it'll be launch something like a okay. But so oftentimes people will put something in there and they're like, I got it figured out. Like, awesome. I want to talk business. And, you know, actually just before this, this podcast, um, I was, we were building a marketing plan, Backpocket TLC. Let's just put the framework and the structure together. So sometimes it's super tangible. Sometimes it's to your point. I got it. I yeah. totally got it. And that's, I, that was a byproduct. That was not by design. <laughs> But it did work out that way. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, I think it's I think it's brilliant. But I think that that just goes to show how like being really clear on your values, it, it already kind of sets some expectations in motion. Yeah. And I think that that's a really great leadership skill to have for sure. It is so key. And as something else is we're growing our businesses, right? The values that we have will attract our tribe and it'll attract the right people and you want people whose values align with your values on your team too, right? Yeah. Totally out of sync and family, huge value of mine. And I kind of sometimes have to check myself. <laughs> oh, that, that team member, <laughs> family thing that's coming Oh, you have to support them. <laughs> oh. It serves as a barometer for how you will show up. And it's nice because we are so busy and we get, we've got so much going on. If we give ourselves some frameworks around the house, even if they're not super strict, hardcore boundaries and rules, um, 
it, it, it helps us operate and navigate a little bit more easily and we can be our who much more easily. Oh, I love that. No, I think, and that's like when you know that you're kind of in the sweet spot. When, when your who is supporting the how and the how is supporting the who, it's like, oh, baby, we got it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's so I want to talk about Clone Camp because I think that this is really brilliant from a leadership perspective of really leaning on your strengths, knowing what your strengths are, being willing to stand in those and actually start to outsource things that don't light you up. Because I think this is what, what I've noticed is this really creates sustainability yeah. for us in our businesses and even just on an emotional level because we're not as stressed out. We're not trying to do it all to have it all. We're actually taking that, that CEO step of saying, I'm going to delegate some stuff and it's going to feel good. And it does feel good. Oh man, does it ever, I never go back. <laughs> We'll never go back. So Clone Camp is a five-day challenge and an experience that people can move through in our Nice Ops Planathon group. We sort of one year, you mentioned this group, we come together and we get our plan on as a group and get ready for the year ahead. But then we have some breakout stuff. And one of the breakout experiences that we have going on now actually is called Clone Camp. And everybody is totally invited to get in on that. Um, but it's all wrapped around that philosophy of how to clone yourself, mm -hmm. which is really how do you step up and lead? How do you manage your time as a leader? And how do you systematize? Key piece to growing and scaling a business. How do you outsource? And then you've got to build and maintain and manage that team as well as your clients, right? So people, yeah. people need love. And it's the people that are going to build our strategies and build our businesses. Like a strategy by itself and a business idea in and of itself is really great. But you're not going to be able to do a whole lot with it unless you have phenomenal people around you. So that's really what How to Clone Yourself comes down to. And um, yeah, you've got to find people. And we say How to Clone Yourself, but you've really got to find people who can do things just a little bit better than you can do them, especially yes. the things you are bad at, yes. <laughs> way too much time, the things that suck your energy, So though, or the things that you never get to, right? Because like, oh yeah, I keep procrastinating that. I mean, some of those things you might just not need to do at all. Maybe nobody needs to do them, but maybe you they really do need to get done and you should share them with someone. So finding someone, there's this fun stat out there from the research that uh, someone named Lewis Schiff did in the yeah, book. I know him. Brilliant. Yeah. He did research of self-made millionaires and billionaires and the middle class will continue to DIY it all day long. And it's the self-made millionaires and billionaires who will find someone that can do it better than they can do it. So not only will we feel better because we're not doing stuff we hate, but right. That'll move us to a place of growth in our business. And little by little, I mean, the first thing I systematized first, then out Outsourced was my blog posting process, yes. which was very reasonable. I shared that work with someone overseas. I found them through um, Odesk, which is now Upwork. And the, I don't know, they maybe spent five hours a week. If that, it was probably closer to two and a half hours a week. It took me eight hours a day, <laughs> eight hours a week um, to actually post my blog post because I was farting around in WordPress. But there was someone else who could do it better and faster than I could, and they weren't attached to the outcome. They weren't so nitpicky about it. So they could move a lot faster, and I could focus on creating amazing content. So I was right in my zone of genius, 
and I could get back to revenue generating activities. So really staying in our zone of geniuses and not trying to like fix our weaknesses, but really staying in our zone um, is what it comes down to. No, I love that. And I think you've kind of started hinting at something that I want to pull out just a little bit for people. You said that they could go and do it faster because they weren't as nitpicky as you. So nitpicky to me has a big red flashing light of perfectionism, which will slow your ass down faster than anything. So as you've stepped more into your leadership, have you had to let some things kind of start to go so you can put your work out in the world and help start helping people? Yeah, I definitely have. And I'm not going to lie. There are things that are happening in my business right now that I'm like, oh, that doesn't good. <laughs> but it is not ultimately going to impact my client experience. It's not going to impact right the, the marketing activities or the front end. Are they things that we need to focus on someday? Are they things that we need to draw our attention to and revisit? Yes, right? So not that they forever go away. Right. But we're constantly prioritizing what we are focused on. And like a website, right? My website needs to be updated. But that we can still do business without it. Or, oh my gosh, our 3B photography business. I run a photography business as well. So I have a consulting business and a photography business. Yes, cloned. I definitely <laughs> practice what I preach. And um, we had a we had a website that we DIY'd. We've been in this business six or seven years now, and it was ugly. I was so ugly that I was so embarrassed to send people to it. So I let go. It was ugly, but it was doing the job. People said they came and worked with us because of our website. I'm like, I don't know why, but right. <laughs> well, we just got our website redone, and it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. I'm very okay to talk about it and send people there now, but it doesn't convert. So nobody can find, like, we need to call some more attention to the book now and the sign-up form where people can get more information. So we've got to prioritize and you've got to think about, um, you know, will this actually have impact on my business? And our janky old website was fine. It was doing the exact job that it needed to do. Um, it wasn't beautiful. It wasn't perfect in the sense that I would have liked it to have been perfect. But yeah, I'm constantly letting go of things, constantly prioritizing. And there are a couple of things I think about. Um, the Pareto principle, which we've definitely talked about before. 20% of what we do will get us 80% of our results. So sometimes we'll, I'm not be able to please all of my clients? Will I not be able to please or get to all of those Facebook messages? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I won't, but I'm definitely trying. So we are doing the best we can. It is progress over perfection every single day. And I'm practice, practice, practicing what I preach. The other thing is keep the most important thing the most important thing. Mm. So I play that mantra in my head all the time. Like in this moment right now, what is the most important thing? So if someone comes in my office and or you know a team member comes in and asks me a question, uh, which happens actually, my photography team is sometimes on site. So I've literally said, oh, sorry, that's not the most important thing right now. I'm gonna, we're gonna have to come back to that, back to the most important thing. 
So there are a few little mantras I absolutely have to play in my head and do a little self-coaching to stay on track and prioritize. Um, because yeah, it feels a little bit uncomfortable, but those are the things that will move us forward. And I've had the opportunity to speak with and work with um, entrepreneurs who are running, you know, who started baby businesses from, you know, zero startup mode or started with $67 in their pocket and have grown to multi-million or billion dollar businesses. Yeah. And they have had the same challenges. So I find a little comfort in that. There you go. No, for everyone who's listening to this episode and who's gone through the Fierce Women Leadership mini course, you know that there's one of the pillars of that leadership model is boundaries. And I even break them down to external boundaries and internal boundaries. So external, we're obviously setting with others. The internal ones we're setting with ourselves. And those, that's where the money is right there. So keeping yourself on track. And as you're talking about this, I'm, I'm getting like internal boundaries, internal boundaries of staying on task and bringing yourself back. Like that is so huge for productivity. Yeah. I love that you differentiate that too, because I think, right, my resistance when I was starting my business and hearing boundaries, boundaries, boundaries was all external boundaries. People were saying, set up these external boundaries. Well, that's not what I needed. I needed the internal boundaries because people, people externally were not the problem. You guys, you are all great. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> it was self-sabotage all the way, which so often happens. Yeah. So how did you, how did you work within that framework of really strengthening those for yourself? Lots of, um, lots of habit changing, okay. lots of self-coaching. Like I talk to myself a lot <laughs> in my head. It feels a little crazy. Uh, but yeah, lots of self-coaching and lots of practice. Um, you know, I read books like The Power of Habit, mm -hmm. and I read a lot of behavioral psychology books, so I'm like constantly, constantly, constantly studying and refining that. Um, and really, you know, again, having good people around me, so being in communities where we support each other and going through those changes, and, you know, yeah, we're going to fall down sometimes, and I really need people around me who will support me when I fall and help me get back on track. Yeah. Um, me too. And I think the, the, where I struggle the most with the internal boundaries is like when my inner critic starts to pop up <laughs> and I start to lose a grip on it, that internal boundary starts to slip away. That's where it's so helpful to get out of my head and talking with somebody else and letting them mirror back to me, like who I really am, <laughs> mm -hmm. what I'm really doing, the impact of my work, like reminding me instead of listening to that negative inner voice, right? Yep. It's so true. And talking about, right, whether it's a tangible failure or it's just something that is in our head, talking about that on a regular basis with a small group of people also helps us grow, right? So, so stepping out of that, bantering about it, figuring out, you know, okay, maybe there's something tangible we need to do. Like, for example, um, I had a webinar in March was my month to master webinars. And I did not master them. <laughs> I had one great one and three not so great ones. So I've still got some work to do, but I was feeling a lot of shame around that. So I reached out to a couple of people. I'm like, what do I do? What are the frameworks I know that I can implement to help me through things like this? Oh, you need to reach out to people. You need to talk about this. Practice what you preach again. So I reached out to some people and said, I am not feeling good about those webinars. And we bantered and we talked through it. Oh, no, it was great. Here's what was good. Here's what you need to change for next time. Woo! 
I'm not a failure. We have a plan. Um, yeah, I would add, actually add something onto that though, because I think sometimes when we reach out to people that just tend to gloss over stuff, like, oh, what are you talking about? Everything was great. Like, you really need to be able to have a conversation with someone who's going to be able to give you some constructive feedback too. And like, there has to be a, a level of trust in that relationship. Say, you know, yeah, please, I'm, I'm willing to learn. I want to learn. I want to grow. Yes. So from your perspective, what could I have done differently, for instance? A hundred percent agree with you. And because of the type of person that I am, if someone would have just said, oh, you're fine, or even my poor husband, he knows and people might think he's mean, but if I'm feeling like a chub chub one day, because, you know, I get a little puffy, no, you look great. Not the right thing to say. <laughs> I know when I'm holding, like if I eat the wrong foods, I get a little puffy. I know <laughs> when I'm having my extra puffy days. So don't lie. Like, just come on. Because <laughs> I can see it. Um, but yeah, absolutely going to people. And more research from Lewis's book, Business Brilliant. Uh, sorry, I, there's good research in this book. But the most successful people have a small group, not 10 people, not even five people, but it is like four point something people. So yeah. good luck with the <laughs> <laughs> But that they talk to about these things on a regular basis. And I think that group is so small because you have to have that trust. Oh, like, sure. Yeah, you've got to maintain those relationships. You have to build trust and you have to it's hard to take feedback like that. So you have to be in a safe space. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that I've noticed for me, like stepping up into my leadership this year, like integrity has always been really, really important to me, like forever, forever, like really wanting to walk my talk and all these things. And so in order to do that, I really have high standards for the things that I put out and just the, the work that I'm doing in the world. And so I'm always in that quality improvement mode. Yeah. to make those, those simple tweaks. And it's really difficult to quality improve when you're not getting accurate feedback. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I really, really value feedback from other people because that helps me to kind of, well, when I filter it, I don't just take it as an absolute truth, knowing that this is this person's experience. And it's definitely something to take into consideration, but also taking that and saying, okay, and looking at it, so if this was their experience, what could I have done better to improve that? And always kind of asking myself how I can be in further integrity with, with my work and with myself, you know? Yeah, completely. And the filtering is key. And again, prioritizing. Like maybe that's great feedback, but I can't do that yet. Or, yes. okay, that's on my someday or my six month, you know, my, my third quarter plan um, and organizing all of that. I agree. And there's some feedback I get that's great, but like my website, you refresh your website, McHugh. I know I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's important though to know that we can't do everything all at once. And I think that's one of the biggest pressures I put on myself when I was early, like starting off in my business. I just felt so overwhelmed that everything had to happen all right now. Now. Yeah. And here's a, here's a, a mistake that I made for all of anybody who's new. <laughs> I invested too soon before I had the clarity I needed because I was under that pressure. If I would have just let it evolve and given some space to saying it doesn't, that's not the top priority right now. Those investments would have been much more um, lucrative. Yeah, I would say if I would have just been able to hold that space a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's unlearned, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? So, and there are, I mean, there are, are so, there's so much good help out there. 
And there are so many marketing messages. I mean, courses, people that can help us and people that have the solution for our gaps. But that's where it's so important to prioritize. And really, I think getting back to the how, like how do you prioritize? Building yourself a little roadmap um, and identifying, right? okay, where am I going? And what's, what season am I in right now? What's my focus now for the next 90 days? Because yes. then even what's my focus for this day? And if you're in, in ramp up mode, you might only have one thing at a time that you are focused on. Mm -hmm. And to your point, it will come. Like giving yourself that space, new ideas are going to come. So don't feel like you have to focus on the five things at once. Because then if you get a new idea, you have to redo five things. <laughs> like, <laughs> One thing at a time. Just one thing at a time. And um, 90 day plans, which is something that you know we've talked about before as well. Great, great thing to get some momentum. But then even breaking it down even more and just focusing on one thing a day, right? So you don't feel like, what's my next thing? Where am I going? And we also have you know some structures for like what systems do I need to build? What do I need to be focusing on right now? If you are just starting out and you have revenue creation goals, focus on your money-making systems. Focus on the structures that are going to bring you money. If you're in growth mode, focus on your goal-reaching systems. Like, okay, what, what do I need that's going to help me reach these goals and hit my next level? You know, is it my vision? Is it my mission? Is it my team? Um, and then you may have some behind-the-scenes stuff to clean up, right? So, okay, I'm, I, I've grown. Uh, everything's ticking and humming along, but I've got to pause from the external and, and retreat a little bit and come back in and take care of my back end, yeah. um, you, depending on where you are, and then create a roadmap. So even if you can't focus on all of the things right now, give them a home for another day so we still honor that idea, we still honor that you know our Facebook page needs to be updated, and we're gonna give it a home for Q4, or that's when we'll update all the images on our social media profiles, and right now, we're going to focus on our website messaging, um, you know, and just sort of dividing and conquering a little bit. And again, honoring all of the ideas, but giving them a home so that everything can be done in the right time and not frantically right all at once. Mm, doesn't that have so much more space to it? It doesn't feel as overwhelming or heavy. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to admit, I felt a little bit of peace talking through that. <laughs> like, oh, what am I going to move ahead? <laughs> So one thing I kind of want to share with all of our listeners, which I think is just fabulous, is how you challenge your who by stepping into the, this kind of uncomfortable space of following this a little unexpected dream of yours to kind of do some, some improv or some stand-up. And you really challenge your who in that way to grow. So would you share kind of how this, like why this is so important to you and how it impacts your business and just your life? Oh, that's hilarious. I thought you were going to ask me to share some of my stand-up lines. So, oh my God, I don't know if I remember it. <laughs> I do, but it's probably not that funny. <laughs> so, yes, I will absolutely share that. So we did talk a little bit about the beginning on how I challenge myself to do unexpected things or if I'm in a rut or if I know that there's a level of growth that I need to go through, you know, step into a safe but unexpected or scary space to, you know, get, get the discomfort flowing. Um, and two things that I put on my bucket list were being a country music video and uh, do some stand-up comedy. 
And the first thing, I have a five-year window, so I probably have three years left now to do the country music video. And I've almost, like I've got a half check mark for the stand-up because I went to a stand-up comedy workshop and I did two minutes of stand-up comedy at this workshop. So I should probably to like give it a full check mark, do <laughs> actually three more minutes. Although someone told me you can even just like have your two-minute bit and walk off stage. If you do open mic one night, they're like, really, you can just do anything. <laughs> um, so maybe I'll just go with my two-minute bit, but I have two minutes of stand-up comedy and I totally got laughs in the workshop, but I haven't done it at an open mic night yet. And I, I'm not very funny. <laughs> But it was a fear thing for me, and it's something I think is super cool. I've always admired people who do stand-up comedy. Another thing that I'd like to try someday is to be a used car salesman. I have a definite fear <laughs> resistance about being a used car salesman. So someday I'll give that a go. Um, that might have to be like on a reality TV show. I don't know if like a regular used car salesman shop would like, yeah, come on in, give it a try. <laughs> But that is on the list just to kind of bust through some of those fears and try new things. I mean, there's so many cool things out there that we could do. Uh, and there isn't really space and time to do it all, but I like getting like little taste tests. So the comedy workshop, for example, it was two hours long. Um, in DC, I put the word out there and a friend, a couple of friends were actually keeping an eye out and sending me like, Oh, there's this day thing in New York. Timing didn't work. There's this two-hour thing in D.C. I'm there. Uh, it was so much fun. So much fun. Well, I see that as like, that's another way of you bringing your own values, though, into other little pockets of your life. So I think sometimes, like, our leadership can be so fun if we allow it to be. And this yeah. is just a way of bringing your creativity of really just expanding your who, which yeah. I'm sure opens you up to other new ideas of how you might want to bring that into your business in a different way. It is so true. And walking away from that, and anytime I do something unexpected, whether it's with my family or whatever, my energy levels and my momentum in my life carry right over to my business as well. Um, and that fear factor, I'm like, I'm so funny. <laughs> I can do anything, anywhere, in my business, whatever. So it totally sparked my mojo again. Um, right, just like taking a new route to work. So big or small or whatever, it can spark new stuff. The other challenge I have for myself, this will be like my next life, um, probably when I'm 80. I don't know how this is going to work either, but I would like to be in a movie someday and I don't know, maybe it'll come sooner rather than later. I am moving to California. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to either take an acting class or another stand up class out there, but, or improv, maybe one of the three. Um, but I want to do an acting class. So I set sort of these little things. I see things and you never know when or what will happen. So just watch out for things that you might want to do or try and add them to your list and set some goals around the ones that you're really interested in and things just sort of start to happen. And if you really want them to happen, write them down. Oh, I love it. I think that's a great goal setting tip. <laughs> you're gonna be so close to the silver screen girl I wouldn't be surprised I know but I, I don't it doesn't have to be like a leading role I'll be an extra I don't have to get paid <laughs> so the one last thing I want to ask from your your zone of genius so a lot of times when people are starting out in business they can get almost buried in the how 
Yeah. Because they don't see how, how they're going to make this dream come true and how they're going to implement all this stuff. And it can become such a big boulder that some people never get out from under it and they just give up. So from your perspective, like what are some tips or how have you worked through all of the hows that we experience as we grow? Yeah. Um, we were building that marketing plan, my client and I, just before this call. And I absolutely have to have a view of the big picture. Mm -hmm. so whether it's a marketing plan, whether it's this move to California that I'm planning, um, whatever it is, I have to have a view of the big picture and I have to see it. If I, so I'm sure it's a little bit different for everyone, right? I visualize things. Some people hear them or, you know, draw whatever it is, right? Or write them, need to write the story. But I absolutely have to see it. And if I cannot see it, like it's just not going to happen. I can't build the system around it. I can't engage with people around it, you know, and I can step into spaces and I can kind of wing it. But if it's something big and if I'm really, you know, nervous about it, or if it's something I'm really committed to, I need to see the big picture. So that can look like a couple of different things, right? It can be a little bit of a, like an org chart, that kind of thing where I'm like, all right, here's my, even in a marketing plan, here's the, the vision for the marketing plan at the top of the org chart. And then here are the messages that we're going to deliver on the next level of the org chart. And then here are the dates that we're going to send those messages. And then, so very visual, or it could even just be me seeing it in my head like yes. talking to myself in the shower or walking through that scenario in the shower. So that's sort of how I have to be able to bring the how to life. And once I can see it and once I can, you know, visualize that in whatever medium that is, um, I know I can move forward and execute on it. So, and I would even kind of bring this back to the whole concept of cloning. If this isn't your zone of genius, which it's definitely not, not necessarily mine. I'm getting better at it the longer I'm doing this. It's so helpful in being able to work with someone who can see the big picture and then fill in the gaps. Yes. You don't have to try and do it all. You really, really don't. <laughs> you do not have to try and do it all. And if you're like, well, are you kidding me, guys? I do not have a budget for cloning. You know, start small. Like with all of this, with whatever, if any of this feels overwhelming to you, like starting a business did to me at the beginning, like how starting a photography business, I didn't have a clue. I, it was forever ago. I didn't even know how to use a digital camera because it was a manual camera that I used forever. Like just dip your toe in the water and it'll all come. So invest like the $7 or the $10 an hour or, or even just one strategy call, one strategy call. Yes. One conversation, um, a free consult, right? Just dip your toes in the water and you'll, every conversation you'll have more confidence. Mm -hmm. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Amber, thank you so much for being such a phenomenal guest on the Enoughness Revolution. I've loved it. I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. And to all of our listeners, uh, you can connect with Amber down in the show notes. So definitely make sure you check those out and we will see you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us on the Enoughness Revolution. If today's episode rocked your world or added value to your life, I'd love for you to let us know by leaving a quick review on iTunes. The Enoughness Revolution is a global conversation for owning who we are as women, and owning who we are as leaders. 
If you're ready to break free from the destructive stories of not enough and step boldly into your own leadership, visit me at megan-hale.com for one-on-one coaching, group programs, and courses all designed to empower you to lead. Until next time, you're beautiful, you're powerful, you're capable of achieving everything you desire. Claim your enoughness, sister, and unleash the fierce feminine leader within.